Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 52. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today we're going to take uh, a couple minutes, uh, well, pretty much the whole show, uh, to go over a few things that people have been asking about lately. And one of them is, you know, anytime you watch the financial news networks, they always throw out these, these terms about multiples, do multiples expand, do profit margins expand, what makes up the earnings per share when you hear about an earnings recession or an earnings re- you know, expansion. And they say, well, margins increased, revenue increased, but in share buybacks, how do those all work? There's a couple terms that always come up. And so we'll go through these. And then I also want to get into the whole idea of, you know, a lot of times people look at value stocks versus growth stocks. And value has underperformed, I believe, since, what is it, 2008. And it's somewhat of a historical underperformance from what I understand uh, when people look at it versus times back in, you know, the early, I guess it goes back to, you know, 20s or 30s, 30s, 40s, uh, when value underperformed. But one of the interesting things we'll take a look at, we'll pull out two growth stocks and we'll look at how they traded on a forward basis. And that will make more sense. And it sort of begs the question, uh, is growth outperforming value because growth actually lived up to the value uh, or should they have been value stocks uh, on a you know kind of on a forward basis? So the first thing that we'll get into is the whole idea of market cap and and price to earnings ratio. And this will be sort of the foundation. And from here, we'll we'll sort of look at how an investor uh, could see their stock go up or down. But really, when thinking about going up, you could see the multiple uh, expand, meaning it traded at a higher rate versus earnings. Uh, you could also see the multiple stay the same, and you could see the earnings go up. And so just to kind of lay the foundation, we talk about market cap. Market cap is one of those things where it's simply, it's thrown around, hey, you know, what's the what's the market cap? Uh, it's simply the number of shares outstanding on a stock times its price that it's trading at. And so really simple example, if you've got a million shares outstanding and the stock's trading at $100, we would say a million times 100, it would have a $100 million market cap. To give you an idea of just how high some of these market caps go, Apple, uh, I believe Apple, Microsoft, uh, trying to think who else, their market caps are around a trillion dollars. So that's taking the number of shares outstanding times the price. So market cap is simply looking at the number of shares times the price. And so our little simple example, we'd have a, a stock uh, with a market cap of $100 million. When we start to look at multiples, essentially what you're doing is you're taking a look at the market cap and seeing how many times or X number of times that stock is trading uh, above its current, uh, you know, looking at the last four quarters in earnings. So let's let's imagine that our example, we have $10 million in net income. And we're not going to break this down to the share level just yet. Often you hear, hey, they earned a dollar per share or two dollars per share. But for now, just keep it on on, on the you know the gross or, or the the number itself. So let's say this company has $10 million in net income. Well, we know our market cap is $100 million. We know we've made $10 million in net income. So to try and figure out the ratio, the the price to the earnings, we would take the market cap of $100 million divided by $10 million, what we find is we're trading at 10 times earnings, right? 10 times 10 million is 100 million. And so 
that's the way that you figure that out. And sometimes it confuses people because you can do this at the market cap level and the net income level. But the other way that people do it, um, and by the way, that would be your PE ratio, the price to earnings ratio, which is simply the, you know, the market cap divided by the, the net income. But you could also break this down on a per share basis and then do the, uh, the calculation. And so in that calculation, we've got the million shares, we've got the 10 million in net income. To get the earnings per share or the EPS, we would take that 10 million divided by 1 million and we would come up with uh, $10 per share. And then to get the per share, let's say the PE ratio that way, we would take the share price divided by the earnings per share. So here would be $100 divided by 10. And guess what? You still get the 10 PE. So sometimes that confuses people, but it's a difference of doing the extra step and breaking it down to the per share data. But honestly, you can use the market cap divided by the net income, and that's sort of the same thing. So a lot of times what happens is you'll hear people on TV talk about these multiples. And they look at multiples on a trailing earnings basis. And a trailing earnings basis is really just looking and saying, hey, what's the last four quarters? Or if you're at the end of a full fiscal year, what's the last year? What did it give you from the numbers? And that's, that's a trailing basis. You'll also hear about valuations going forward. And what are valuations going forward? Well, that's using analyst estimates. So the trailing PE is what has happened. It's what's been recorded in net income, and it's, it's looking at the current market cap of the, the company. On a forward basis, it looks at the analyst estimates for the next four quarters and then uses that as the net income, the estimate of net income. And it looks at how many times forward estimates a company is trading. But we'll get to that. But for now, we think about the multiples. And there's really two different things that can happen. You can have a multiple increase, thus increasing the share price, or the multiple stays constant, but net income rises. Of course, these things can fall too, but for now, we'll think about how an investor gets uh, sees their stock go up. And really, those are the um, kind of the, the two main ways, right? So let, let's look at an example. Let's say the multiple expands. They didn't earn anything more. Their net income stays the same, but the multiple expands. And what that means is instead of, in our example, trading at 10 times current earnings in the last four quarters, let's say the multiple goes from 10 to 20. And what that means is instead of trading at 10 times last year's or trailing four quarters, net income, you're now trading at 20 times. And if that happens, that would mean the PE goes to 20. And so what does that mean for the stock price? Well, remember, our stock price was 100. Our market cap was 100 million. And our net income was 10 million. And so at 10 times earnings, uh, it's a share price of 100. If we go to 20x, if we go to a PE of 20, meaning the multiple expands, but that 10 million stays the same, that would imply a market cap of 200 million. And on a per share basis, the stock would go from 100 to 200. So that's an example of where a stock's multiple increases. Of course, if it decreases, if it goes below what it was, you would see the share price go down. But earnings didn't do anything. They just stayed the same. The other way, and this is I'm sort of making some, uh, um, you know, trying to simplify this for everybody. 
But the other way, the earnings grow, but the multiple stays the same. So whatever the earnings are, let's say you're still trading at 10x or 10 times those earnings. Um, what happens? Let's say our net income went from 10 million to 20 million. Um, so we're earning now $20 per share. Remember the, that million shares outstanding. And so we had a PE of uh, 10 times, and we're saying the multiple is going to be the same. So we're going to stick at that 10 times PE. Well, to figure this out, to figure out what our market cap will be, if we earn 20 million and we're still trading at 10 times that, well, our market cap goes to 200 million, uh, or we're looking at you know $20 uh, EPS, right? And so the earnings didn't, I'm sorry, the earnings increased, they doubled, but the multiple stays the same and the stock still doubles. Why? Because we're still trading at 10 times our earnings, but the earnings increased, the multiple did not. And so if you think about it, you could get this combination where the PE goes up, the multiple goes up, and the stock goes up. You could also have the, the multiple stay the same, but earnings grow, and then you could see that. And so when you hear people talking about, oh, you know, I, I think there's going to be multiple expansion, that means it's going to trade at a higher PE. That's a really fancy way of saying it. Or I, or I think profits are going to rise, um, but I think the, the multiple is going to stay the same. Essentially, what they're telling you is, that the stock is still going to rate or still going to you know, trade at a certain amount times uh, past earnings, uh, but because the, uh, the earnings grow. So we mentioned you know, we've got this trailing PE. Normally, when you see the PE ratio or the PEs or multiples, they're on a trailing basis. It just means what's, what's been reported. And sometimes it's, as I said, the, the whole year. Sometimes it just looks at the last four quarters. And so you could have a, a combination of years. But trailing PE versus forward PE, remember in our example, we had a million shares, 10 million in net income. Our PE was 10, our stock price was 100, our market cap is 100 million. We've gone over how to do that. But let's say we've got those 1 million shares. And you know the last four quarters, what was reported was 10 million in net income. Let's say the analyst forecast over the next four quarters or next year, 30 million in net income. And so if the stock is trading at $100, and now instead of 10 million, which meant it had a trailing PE of 10, now the estimates are 30 million. It has a forward one-year PE of 3.33, kind of rounded up. And so basically, it's just looking at how many times estimated, and estimates are estimates, right? Uh, but how many times estimated earnings is it actually trading at? And so, by the way, this can look at uh, we can look at individual stocks. You can also look at this on the overall market. Uh, and that's something that, you know, as we get to the year end, you're hearing a lot of firms, especially at the end of the decade, you're hearing them say, you know, trying to forecast, hey, on a forward basis, what do we think the average annualized return will be based upon how many times forward earnings that we're trading right now? So that's something you'll start to hear from. And you know, as I said, the, the S&P 500 index, which of course is you know, roughly 500 stocks, we've got, you know, there's Alphabet A and B, Google A and B, right? Uh, but the S&P has a collective sort of PE ratio, and that's the last four quarters. The forward PE is the estimates by the analysts for the next four quarters. And when we look at earnings, there's a few things that can impact earnings. So we think about, you know, company A had earnings last year of, of X, or the 
the S&P 500 index is reporting collectively all its earnings. And so there's a few things that can happen. We talked about multiples, but there's also different attributes that can affect the earnings for both you know, collective indexes and individual companies. And a lot of times we look at this in, in the form of revenue, in margins, and in buybacks. So buybacks um, are somewhat of a quasi-dividend because you can have a return of capital in the form of a dividend, but you could also, um, you know, they could take some of the free cash flow and use that to buy back shares. And some people call that augmented dividends or total augmented, uh, you know, investor yield, which is buybacks plus dividends. But it's another way of sort of returning capital, but doesn't create a, a taxable event per se, like a dividend would be. Um, and some there's some people who, you know, rail against buybacks, but really it, it is a way to retire shares. And here, here's how it helps investors. So say in our example, uh, sticking with the million shares, uh, the company bought back 100,000 shares. And so their float went from a million to 900,000 shares. Let's imagine all else is equal, and it never is, right? But let's imagine for a second, we still have uh, after the buyback, that same $10 million in earnings, what we would do is instead of earning you know, $10 million on, on a million shares, which is $10 per share, now we would earn $10 million on 900,000 shares, which is $11.11 per share. And that's, that's just over 11% increase in earnings per share just from buybacks. And so that's one of the... Um, the attributes that can actually increase earnings. And so if companies are buying back their shares, there's less shares, so there's uh, they, they get the opposite of being diluted. Um, and so the shares that are remaining, all else equal, get to, uh, to have more per share uh, attribution from, from the earnings. Uh, of course, if a company issues more shares, let's say they went from a million to two million shares, and still have that same $10 million in revenue, well, instead of $10 per share, uh, they would only have $5 per share in net income. And so that would dilute the float. But buybacks are certainly one of the ways. Um, the other way is, is, uh, is margins. And so we look at, uh, let's say we do something simple like a net profit margin, uh, which is figured by taking the net income of, of a company divided by the revenue, and then you multiply it by 100 to get the profit, mar- you know, the percent profit margin, and revenue, by the way, is you know you can look at this as as a more complicated thing, but revenue is essentially you know what you've brought in in revenue, right? But it's it's your gross revenue. It's before excluding or, or subtracting the cost of your goods sold, uh, any of the operating expenses, other types of expenses, interest and taxes, all that type of stuff, which goes down to your your net income, right? But let's say you have $100 million in revenue and $10 million in net income. Well, to figure out our net profit margin, what would we do? Well, we'd say, let's take the $10 or, or the $10 million divided by $100 million times 100. We would say we'd have a 10% net profit margin. And essentially, the way to look at that is, you know, every time we sell something, we, we make 10% net profit margin on that. So let's say that margins doubled. So we had $10 million in net income. Let's say that 
they created a way to reduce, a company reduces their cost of goods sold or their operating expenses. They refinance things or there's some tax cut or a combination of all of the above. And they get super efficient. And what they do is, uh, let's say margins go from a 10% net profit margin to a 20% net profit margin. And essentially, let's say they have that same $100 million in revenue. But now with a 20% net profit margin, instead of only earning $10 million, uh, basically their revenue doubles and goes to $20 million. And so now $20 million divided by $100 million times 100 is 20% net profit margin. And so we talked about buybacks could be an attribution to earnings per share growth or um, or you know subtraction, right? Uh, but margins increasing or decreasing can also be an, uh, an attribution effect to uh, to earnings. And so you'd like to see margins, um, you know, go higher, getting a higher net profit margin. Um, and so net net profit margin. Um, and shares, you know, all those types of things. Well, okay, so here's the other thing too. You could increase revenue. So let's say that your profit margins stay the same, uh, but revenue increased to $200 million from $100 million, and we still stayed at that 10% profit margin. Well, in that case, if we're making 10% on the $200 million, we're making $20 million. So our, our net income doubled from 10 to 20 we kept the same profit margin, but in this case, revenue increased. So the way to look at this is you're looking at revenue, increases, decreases. You're looking at the net profit margin. You're looking at uh, share buybacks. And that's three main ways that you sort of look at how earnings per share are growing or you know subtracting and things like that. So you know if you look at, and by the way, all else isn't always equal. So you could have shares being bought back. You could have margins decreasing or decreasing. And you can have revenue increasing or decreasing. And it's all those changes that sort of affect the, the earnings per share. Okay, so one of the things I, I wanted to sort of just discuss, though, and take a look at, you know, maybe an example. Um, one of the first ones I'll look at is, uh, let's say, Amazon. And I've got some data, and I can link to uh, the site that I use to, to get this. But I've got data back to 2005. And so if you think about 2005, and I've only got, I haven't, they haven't closed out 2019 yet, uh, but I've got through their December 31st, 2018 numbers. So you kind of take a, a trip back down memory lane, and what you find is back then they had uh, 416,922,786. That's the number of shares outstanding. And by the way, um, as of the end of last year, they had about 491 million shares outstanding. So they've actually increased their float. All right. So we talked about buybacks, but they've actually increased the shares um, outstanding. And, you know, one of the, the questions is with growth and with value is, was some of these growth companies actually more like value companies or did the growth companies just that were priced sort of higher, did they grow into sort of as they matured, uh, did they fulfill their their growth? Um, so just kind of taking a look at a few different things. We talked about that forward PE. So Amazon had about 428 you know, million shares outstanding. At the end of 20 uh, or 2005, their PE was roughly 45, right? Um, but what's interesting is um, their market cap back then was 
what was it? About uh, $16 billion. And last year, 2018, they made about $10 billion. So on a forward actual basis. So in 2005, its market cap was trading at a forward 1.6 times 2018 uh, net income. So, you know, you look at Amazon and and, uh, everybody would look at Amazon as sort of like a growth stock. And it actually turned out that it um, it sort of caught up to its uh, its eventual earnings. If you look at on a uh, uh, so that was about thirteen. Say it was trading a thirteen year forward PE, uh, or an actually it, it was trading at what wound up being thirteen years later actually only one point six times its eventual net income. Uh, its ten year forward uh, was trading had a market cap of about twenty five billion ten years ago. And it's forward sort of PE from there would only be, it'd be less than three. So kind of interesting. I looked at Apple as well. And so Apple was another one that was sort of interesting. And for Apple, they actually closed out their year in September. So we've got the 2019 numbers. Um, one of the things you can, you can see is that um, their shares outstanding have actually been reduced. And so when you look at Apple computer, And we can pull them up. Um, And, you know, if you look at their, uh, let's just look here, Apple. And what I'm doing is I'm I'm actually going back and I want to see back when they were, I think this is about 14 years ago, how many shares were outstanding. What you see is at the end of September 2005, they had roughly 5.9 billion shares outstanding. Today, I have about 4.4 billion shares outstanding. But you look at Apple, and so they've obviously bought back shares. Um, and their, their share counts actually went up and then started to decline starting in 2014 uh, and declined since. But when, when you look at Apple, so their earnings last year for 2019 uh, were about $55 billion. And but you look at their market cap, fourteen years ago their market cap was sixty billion, so they they were trading a little bit over one times forward uh, earnings, fourteen year forward earnings, and so in theory, let's say if you had an analyst who said back fourteen years ago, hey, I think they're going to have fifty five billion in earnings, if your market cap is sixty billion, you would be trading it forward, you know, just a little bit over one time. Uh, Ten years ago, they were trading a little over three times forward uh, realized earnings. So I, I just bring this up because sometimes it's interesting. You hear the value versus growth, and I remember back in the late two thousand, late nineties, early two thousands, you had a lot of the internet companies that really, did, you know, a lot of those didn't have earnings. They didn't have the earnings that um, some of these companies. And it turned out that they weren't, you know, as valuable maybe on a forward basis. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen you know, going forward from today. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting to kind of look at some of these growth companies. And what you see is the, you know, what people may have thought was a crazy price 10, 15 years ago. It turns out they sort of grew into their uh, their earnings. So anyway, all right. So hopefully that uh, was a good explanation of multiples about where the earnings attribution comes from. little trip down uh, history history. Uh, looking at just two two companies, who knows what they're going to do going forward. But I, I found it fascinating to look back and see whether or not you know some of the multiples people were paying for them 
um, you know, back when they had really high PEs a long time ago, whether they actually grew in, it looks like they did. So, but who knows? And then um, just, you know, as you hear the end of the decade, you're going to start to hear all these people come out with predictions. And uh, it, it would be interesting, maybe if I can find a bunch in 2009 for what the forward returns will be for 2010 through 2019, maybe it would be kind of fascinating to see how many people were right, how many people were wrong. But uh, here's the thing. I mean, it, the key for all this is just if you're in the markets and you're investing in the markets, you know, just be hedged because uh, if we have some sort of a downturn, you've got downside protection. And if the market keeps running, great. You participate in the majority of it or most of it. So anyway, hopefully this was uh, entertaining and uh, we'll probably be back with another episode or two before the end of the year. And then that will be it. We'll be into uh, 2020. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you soon.